Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. Fear of gaining weight despite being underweight, body's just not getting what it needs to function normally. Have some weight of purging, whether it's through self-induced vomiting or the use of laxatives or over-exercise, things like that. I'm Jim Burns in the 1950s. Well, the typical supermodel stood five feet, four inches tall and weighed an average of, get this, 145 pounds. Well, today that same model stands over 5 feet 8 inches and weighs somewhere around 110 pounds. It's no wonder so many teen and preteen girls spend so much time obsessing over their weight. It's getting tougher and tougher for girls to develop a healthy self-image about their appearance, but it can be done. During the next half hour, I'll continue my conversation with Christy Pettit. She's a counselor and a mom, and she also used to be a college tennis star. During her first year away at college, she did everything she could to exercise and eat right, as well as stay healthy, and she wound up battling anorexia instead. You'll hear her story of a teenage girl's recovery from anorexia today on Homework, starting right now. From the studios of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh, APU, capturing the NAIA Director's Cup eight years in a row now. This is an honor presented by the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics to the country's best overall athletics program, and uh, we commend APU for that, of course. If you want to learn more about the Homeward Center for Youth and Family, go to homeward.com and hit the APU icon or just go to apu.edu. I mentioned the athletic program because today we're talking about uh, girls and body image and physical challenges that they face during the teen years. Christy Pettit is with us once again. She's written a book called Empty, A Teenage Girl's Recovery from Anorexia, and she joins us now by a telephone. Here is Dr. Jim Burns with actually part two of this discussion. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today is a continuing conversation with Christy Pettit. She's written a great book called Empty, A Story of Anorexia. In many ways, we're going to talk about that story and what we can do to help our kids. This is at epidemic stages, uh, eating disorders. We're going to talk about anorexia primarily today, but there's also bulimia. There's also compulsive eating, and it's an issue today in our culture, and we want to address this. And many times, we think of it just being a girl's issue, and we'll talk more about that because more girls do have eating disorders, at least anorexia and bulimia, than, than guys. But it's also a guy issue as well, and when a girl's weight becomes her time, priority, it can seem like it becomes kind of a god to her, and uh, she wants to please, and these are type A personality people. These are good people who had some issues. Christy is an author, speaker, counselor to teens with eating disorders. Uh, she's a former Division I tennis star who struggled with anorexia during her freshman year, graduate of the University of Virginia, also uh, has a master's degree from Emory University. She's a counselor. She lives in the Atlanta area. Welcome back to our program, Christy. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. You know, on Homeward, we have, and our listeners probably don't even know this, but we have about 12 buckets. And what we talk about are buckets or content. And we realize this is not the easiest conversation to have with with some people because, you know, other times we'll talk about, you know, issues that are a little bit lighter. But the fact is, is that our culture is struggling with body image today. I mean, how bad is it out there? I mean, I, I would venture to say that, that 
the majority of women struggle with this to some degree, and 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 men as well. I mean, I think that that the message is just everywhere that you, that you kind of need to um, to look a certain way and be a certain way in order to be loved and accepted. Now, when it comes to anorexia, uh, you defined it briefly last time. I'd have you define it again because, really, our, the, what we're talking about today is, is your story, you know, empty, a story of anorexia. So just real quickly, give us, a, again, what anorexia is and the difference between maybe anorexia and bulimia. Well, um, the, the specifications that define anorexia would be that um, someone is 15% what's a normal body weight for their um, height and body type. They have a fear of gaining weight despite being underweight. Um, they have a distorted body image, so they, they don't see themselves accurately in the mirror, basically. And um, and in women also, they'll stop menstruating. That can be another sign because um, their body's just not getting what it needs to function normally. Um, bulimia, on the other hand, would be um, uh, rather than restricting, just restricting eating the way um, an anorexic would, a, a, um, someone who is bulimic would have some way of purging, whether it's through self-induced vomiting or the use of laxatives or over-exercise, things like that. Right, and that's I think that's important to understand the two differences and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and very, very dangerous in many ways because if a person continues with anorexia and they continue to lose weight, they can have heart issues where they can have a heart attack. I mean, there's just so many things that can happen. Actually, pretty famous people who have died from anorexia, isn't there? Mm-hmm. There are serious health complications. Right, and so that's why I think it's important for parents to, you know, to kind of get the help that they need. Now, let's talk about culture for a minute. I know this is not all about culture, but you know, our culture seems to be obsessed with the image of the perfect body. You cited an interesting statistic about how that image has changed over the years. Give us an example about uh, White Rock Mineral Water Girl. Talk about that. It's just a statistic that shows that um, that years ago, what was the spokeswoman for the for the water was she was shorter and weighed more than she does now. Would be taller and thinner. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating because I, I'm not that I knew a whole lot about you know the 50s. I was I was born in the 50s, but but really, you're talking about somebody who was you know five four, 140 pounds compared to today's models. You know, and it's even an issue within the modeling industry that t- today's models are so beautiful and tall, but they're they're actually underweight. But girls are playing the comparison game to that, and and sometimes they're going to lose because they can't compare to these people that may even be unhealthy. Exactly. Well, they recently had to implement, um, you know, a rule for supermodels saying that they they had to maintain a certain weight. They actually would not let models work if they were they were below a certain size because the standard of beauty had become, you know, just really giving the message the thinner the better. And yet, you know, I, I'm thinking of a of a young girl at the school where my girls graduated from. Beautiful, straight A. I mean, I wrote the uh, something for her for one of the colleges saying she's one of the most incredible young women I've ever met. She came back after her freshman year, and she had anorexia. What's amazing to me is, I mean, this is a brilliant, bright girl, much like your story. What did she see in the mirror? Because what I was looking at was a girl who was way too thin, who was scary thin, whose hair was kind of falling out. She saw what in the mirror? Well, I think, uh, I mean, obviously what we all see in the in the mirror varies, but... Um, but I think that uh, that someone who's in that mentality uh, just begins to to have that distorted body image where what they see in the in the mirror is never good enough to them. So no matter how much weight they lose, they always think I would I would look better if I were thinner. They obsess over a particular body feature that um, that is 
not satisfying to them and, and just get kind of caught up in that mentality. Well, what, what do you do if you're a parent? Uh, because, you know, some parents say, well, you know, you look too skinny. We got to, you know, feed you some more food. You know, other parents will affirm them. But, you know, as, as a parent, what, what, is, what is the step you do when you see your child going in that direction? Well, I think that one of the most important things to do is to realize that um, it's not about the food and it's not about weight, that it, that food is being used as a coping mechanism um, and that it's really about emotional issues, hard issues that are going on. And so trying to focus on, on those, that's the way that um, ultimately that, that healing will happen and that the normal eating habits will be restored is to, to really um, get at what's underneath the surface, what's going on with, with, that, um, with that teen that is, is making them kind of act out in this way. You know, in the previous conversation that we had on the uh, last program, we talked about your life and, and, you know, you went to the University of Virginia, you lost 25 pounds, you kind of show up uh, in the summer and even your doctor says, well, just don't lose any more weight. You know, you're doing fine. You lose five more pounds. How did you move from anorexia back to being a person who's healthy and a person who has a a right uh, self-image? You know, the Bible says we're created in the image of God. You have a right self-image and you're actually helping people. What was the process of moving from kind of the ill to toward health? Well, it took a, a tremendous um, effort, a tremendous commitment on my part, um, a strong network of social support, friends and family who encouraged me and, um, and supported me. It, it took the help of a professional counselor. Um, I, the recovery rates for people with eating disorders who seek professional help are actually very good, um, but it's that step to, of being willing to say, you know, I need help. And, and following through with that, that um, makes a difference. And then, of course, you know, it's God that changes our hearts. And so he really um, kind of got a hold of me and, and, and helped me um, through it and, and really helped me to use the whole experience as um, just an amazing opportunity for growth. Um, it helped me to look at things about myself and about my relationships that uh, in a way that I wouldn't have if I hadn't been kind of broken by the eating disorder. Great input. Listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. More to come. Christy Pettit, a teenage girl's recovery from anorexia. Her book is called Empty, A Story of Anorexia. If you've got a daughter or a son who's struggling with an eating disorder, I would suggest this is a book you'd hand to them. Roger, tell us about it. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Burns. You're listening to Homework. Well, it's an interesting read, to be sure. And every story is different, of course, but there are more and more girls dealing with these eating disorders. There are guys dealing with them now, too. Uh, Body image issues really hit boys and girls in this image-driven culture. And uh, this is why Dr. Jim Burns recommends the book, Empty. It's a fascinating read and hopefully uh, a preventative one for you and your family. You can learn more about it when you go to homeward.com, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com and follow the prompts. Also, Dr. Jim Burns' book, Teenology, is very, very helpful. Uh, Raising teens is equal parts art and science, and uh, Jim focuses on the artistic part, the art of raising great teenagers, in the book, Teenology, and of course, body image is one of the issues that you have to deal with if you're raising a teen. If you'd like more information on how to order a copy of Jim's book, Teenology, and as you do, you'll be supporting the Ministry of Homeward if you order directly from homeward.com, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com. More Homeward with Dr. Jim Burns in just a moment. Do stay with us. I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot. You have 74 new messages? Cool. Oh my gosh, it's all spam. Man, these ads are unbelievable. 
Lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Delete. Get the perfect body without exercising. Delete. Order herbal diet pills without a prescription. No thanks. These ads are ridiculous. I mean, is anybody stupid enough to think these pills really work? Not me. I only need 300 calories a day to keep me looking great. For as much work as we've done to educate our kids about the dangers of eating disorders, young people today are still struggling with self-image issues. Parents, eating disorders can be deadly. If you suspect your daughter or son is struggling with one, you can't rationalize away the warning signs. Go to Homeward.com and download a free copy of my brand new tip sheet called Dealing with Eating Disorders and Diet Pills. I'm Jim Burns, encouraging parents and building families at Homeward. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Today, a teenage girl's recovery from anorexia. And am I glad that Christy Pettit recovered from anorexia because she has great input and she's also helping uh, people in her area to also recover. And there's some great things that we've had conversations with. And, you know, when we look at statistics, an amazing amount of people struggle with their body image, the perfect body. Amazing amount of people struggle with anorexia and bulimia as well. So uh, you want to get to know this. And if you've got teens or preteens, and this is very, very important for you. Uh, before the break, you were talking kind of about your life and what was going on. I know during your recovery, you were home one Christmas, and uh, you found yourself kind of harping on your dad for eating fattening foods and for being a bit overweight. Talk about what was at the core of your frustration with him. Well, I think that I was being so hard on myself about um, being so disciplined about my eating habits and my exercise habits, um, being so hard on myself that then I was kind of hard on everyone around myself as well, uh, you know around me as well and um and I had I had just come to um to really equate happiness with thinness and so I was frustrated with him for for making these unhealthy choices because I thought well life is just so much better if you don't you know if you don't eat those things. And, well, so, and yet at the same yeah. time, I mean, I was sitting with my, I'm in a support group every Tuesday. We do a little Bible study together. These are phenomenal people. We were talking about discipline today, and these are some of the most disciplined men I've ever known in terms of their faith, in terms of their relationship with their spouses and whatnot. But one of the things that we talked about was, wait, none of these people are overweight. But we all talked about the discipline, how it would be much better for us to, to lose a few pounds. So, you know, how do you go from, you know, what's healthy or not healthy as you begin to look at someone who might actually be overweight and yet you don't want to encourage them to become an anorexic? Right. I think that, um, that you're speaking about the challenge of moderation, and that is, I think, one of the hardest things um, for any of us in really any area of our life to really find that balance of, of commitment and dedication um, without becoming, you know, obsessive about it, that having that balance, that moderation, yeah. that, that that's kind of what God calls us to. And, and that's a, moderation is the word, isn't it? I mean, it really is something that we, we have to learn in so many ways. Now, uh, I, I know a lot of times girls especially, but guys too, who struggle with an eating disorder, they'll eat sweets excessively. I mean, why, why do they do that? Well, I think that they're controlling their eating so much that their body's not getting what it needs, and so then it craves that sugar, that immediate, you know, what's going to get into the bloodstream quickly, and and um, and so that you know, there's it's like it's a physical thing where because they're under eating, then they crave those sweets. That's fascinating because again, it, there really is some chemical changes that are taking place in their bodies when they have an eating disorder, isn't there? 
Right, exactly. Now, you had an experience at a Salvation Army food kitchen that you say really helped you kind of step outside yourself uh, regarding your eating disorder. Talk about that. Right. Well, I went in, um, and volunteered to serve meals, a meal to the homeless people, and, um, and it really helped change my perspective when I had, you know, was being so picky about food and so, and just food was such a, um, eating was such a negative experience, and so then just um, that shift in perspective to see these people be so thankful for food that I never would have eaten because in my mind it was just so unhealthy, and, and, um, and just to see that really helped me get outside of myself. And also, I think the opportunity to serve others also, you know, when, when I was going through the worst of my eating disorder, I was just completely self-absorbed and, and couldn't see anything outside myself. So kind of that, um, having that opportunity to serve and focus on others helped as well. Well, that, that's interesting. And I want to move over to talking a little bit about some of the classic signs of a negative body image. I thought you did a great job in your book, Empty a Story of Anorexia, on this. You didn't see that. You were talking about being self-absorbed. So you really didn't see some of these classic signs. But I think there are probably some parents out there who are saying, Guy, what, what are some of these classic signs? Because they may be seeing. So give us a couple of the classic signs that, that you talk about that could help someone as they are moving toward anorexia, or maybe they've already been involved in anorexia? Well, some of the signs of a negative body image would be um, things like saying disparaging things about yourself often, you know, kind of complaining about your body often. Other things would be... Things like uh, fat, gross, ugly, fatty, yeah, ex- things like ex- that. Yeah, exactly. Um, also wearing um, clothes that are, you know, very covering might indicate that someone doesn't feel good about themselves, that they're... You know, I mean, obviously, modesty is good, but, you know, wearing, let's say, sweatshirts that are too big or things like that, just to um, that kind of indicate a sense of shame about the body, that would be another thing. Talking a lot about exercise or fad diets, things like that are also an indication and um, just kind of a general sense of, of low self-esteem, you know, that would be another thing that, that you might look for. Starting to exercise excessively, that would be... an another sign that there might be a negative body image there. You know, it seems to me when you talk about low self-esteem that that's really one of the things that undergirds this whole thing. Unable to accept a compliment, mood is affected by how they think they look. And Mm -hmm. so if they don't think they have a good-looking day, then, of course, their mood is is down. Does that happen, would you say, with a majority of kids or and then it heightens as they develop anorexia? Yes, I would say that, um, that, you know, the teenage years are when identity is developing and, and often low self-esteem is a, is a common struggle. And, and I do think that that self-worth issues are typically at the core of eating disorders. That's, that's, that's very interesting. Now, I want you to talk to the mom and the dad who is listening right now, who, who thinks that they may have a daughter, maybe a son, who might be struggling with an eating disorder. I want you to give them basically some hope. I mean, after you went through this, I mean, you gained 20 pounds from your lightest weight but you were still haunted by feeling fat. What kind of hope can you give to that mom or dad who might be in the midst of it right now? Just the hope that God can heal and God can transform people. And I, I remember wondering, like, oh, this, you know, I'm anorexic. Does this mean I'm going to be anorexic for the rest of my life? And I often have people ask me, you know, are you are you really better? And and I just would um, just encourage um, parents and teens that are struggling that that there is hope that you can get your life back, um, that God can change us, and um, particularly if you um, are willing to seek 
the wonderful care that is out there um, by professionals who are trained to work with people with eating disorders, that the recovery rates are good and um, and the help really is phenomenal. And so I would say that, you know, there, there really is so much hope. Well, that is great. a way to for us to uh, say thank you for your conversation today because there really is hope, yet it's important that we move into that direction. Christy, yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for writing the book. Thanks for you know your conversation being so authentic with us, and uh, what a joy to have you with us. Christy Pettit with us. What a, what a privilege. And the story uh, we were talking about here today on the Homeward Broadcast, A Teenage Girl's Recovery from Anorexia, it's taken from Christy's book called Empty. It's a book that Dr. Jim Burns highly recommends. You can learn more about it at homeward.com or just Google it. You can find it wherever Christian books are sold. And uh, Jim, this is a really interesting phenomenon that we've been looking at here. Uh, Christy is part of a, a growing trend of uh, girls in particular who are uh, experiencing what they call exercise bulimia, where they, they're, they're not bulimic per se, but they're, they're trying to work it all off through lots and lots of exercise. And, and it brings to light the fact that we're dealing with some issues here that may seem new to the parents who listen to our program, but they've really been with us for quite some time. Eating disorders are not new, but right. this whole exercise phenomenon. Now, again, what's tough is a parent, you're saying, great, my kid's out there exercising, but yeah. then they go over the limit. Right. So that's where we have to be so careful. I'm, I'm very grateful for people like Christy who are willing to be vulnerable actually about their story of dealing with anorexia. Take some courage to stand up before people, to be yeah. before our audience and say, hey, you know what, I blew it. And yet this was one of these people who, like so many people who are anorexics, tended toward being a perfectionist. Mm. And perfectionists, they set high standards for themselves and are particularly hard on themselves when they fail to achieve you know, what really are unrealistic goals. They also suffer from a poor self-image so often. They often struggle with being unable to cope with even normal pressures in life. And these are the kinds of things that parents have to understand. And so we've got to be very, very careful. I've got three daughters, and I'm watching them. I've watched right. them all of their life very careful on this one because they're beautiful, they're thin, and they are around people who are kind of you know so pretty and whatnot. And I want to make sure that they're not going stepping overboard. And so, again, you have to be very careful. And sometimes you uh, have to bring up issues that aren't as popular with the girls. I know I've been there. Christy Pettit fit that profile yeah. perfectly. And uh, she did push herself. So she wanted to be the skinniest girl. And again, as parents, watch your kids, watch their language, watch their actions. And don't let your daughter, or even your son for that matter, become another eating disorder statistic. And if you think there might be a problem in your home, take action. Absolutely. And uh, know what the facts are. Uh, you've got to pay attention to what's happening in the cultures that our kids are growing up in. And that's why the, this conversation today here on the Homeward Broadcast is very, very important. Our Good Advice Parent Newsletter comes out every month and it's, uh, it's packed with tips of uh, uh, resources that you can use as a parent to improve the quality of your parent-child relationship at home. You can start that free subscription today at Homeward.com. And Jim, I know that uh, there are so many times in the culture we just get tripped up as parents by something that's kind of new and we thought, wow, we're really into this. <laughs> and uh, maybe we weren't so much. There's a resource that we have here at Homeward that comes out every Friday, and it's uh, one that parents really can't do without anymore. Talk about that. Well, it's actually a free resource. You know, every Friday it comes out, and thousands of people read it. And actually, hundreds of them tell me thank you. It's amazing. We have almost this cult following of people who love our culture brief. How it started was a guy named Jim Liebelt, who's on our staff and a right. wonderful, incredibly talented researcher, started sending me. It was called the President's Culture Brief or the President's Update. It would, it would help me. And then I'd be doing a radio show and I could you know, come up with whatever the latest, greatest stuff was that actually he was giving me. And then we said, why are we hiding this? So we deal every week with three issues and only three issues. So it only takes about three minutes to read or less. But it's whatever is hot in the culture. 
And so it might be the latest on drug and alcohol addiction. It might be the latest on sexual promiscuity. It might be the latest on what kids are doing with driving, you know, how they relate to their parents, just loads and loads of good stuff. It's absolutely free. People can sign up and, and get it. On the other side, it also says where the big searches are, you know, what were kids searching that week? And so as parents, I always say, listen to what they listen to, read what they read, watch what they watch. Culture Brief is worth it. Well, we also have to add to that now search what they search, I suppose. Exactly. That's the 21st century edition Ooh, of that. Uh, I like that. Okay. Well, if you'd like more information on how you can start receiving the Homeward Culture Brief, you can get the Homeward Weekly Culture Brief and the Homeward Monthly Good Advice Parent Newsletter, two free or electronically driven resources that will really help you in your relationship with your kids. Go to homeward.com if you're not there already. Follow the prompts and you'll find those free subscriptions there. And we're able, of course, to provide these to you without cost because of your prayers and faithful financial support. So if you can give a gift online there at our secure website at homeward.com, we would really appreciate hearing from you in that way as well. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.